Welcome to our community. This is Saratova Best Parshas for Eskhanan. We're just before Tisha B'Av, and we're also before Shabbos Nachmu. So we're before two two energies, and essentially we're standing right face to face with the biggest dichotomy of all of the, the entire year and of all of history, and that is Tisha B'Av. Because, well, we'll see in a second, that Mashiach was born in the minute after the Korban. Interesting. In the minute, right in the Split seconds, the moment right after the Corbin. As it says in Razal, the, um, the cow, I guess there was a, a cow or a certain animal that mooed one time. And therefore the person who heard it, who had his cow, knew, ah, the base of just was destroyed. And then right after that, he heard another sound from this cow and he understood. He said, The Redeemer of the Israel has been born. So that's the energy of Tisha B'Av, the worst and the best, both converging at the same moment. In fact, that um, that means if Mashiach is born at the moment of Tisha B'Av, at the darkest moment Mashiach is born. Okay, there's one thing. We were all babies once upon a time. We all have a birthday, so we were all born. But after you're born and you're a baby, you grow up. So when Mashiach grows up, he becomes a gadol, including godless greatness in Ruchmiyot, head and shoulders above the whole nation, and especially, we're talking about a king, and especially when it comes to king, Mashiach, he's a melech and he's a rav. He's a king and he's a teacher. So what happens then after you have the Indian of Mashiach in a mature form, because Kishabah, boom, you have Mashiach being born, Geula being born. Mashiach contains within Geula. Geula is born at the moment of the Korban. But then Mashiach grows up, so to speak. There's a maturing of the Geula process and of the spark of Mashiach in each one of us from the moment of Tishabah. We're going to experience a birth on Tishabah, a very powerful birth. The person you'll be after Tishabah is very much not the person you'll be before Tishabah. And you'll experience a, a birth, and then when that spark of Mashiach in you matures, then Nimshachachorben, the Gullus, and, and the Gullus, God forbid, then went on for a very long time. Very, very long. What is the purpose? Why? Mashiach was born at the moment of the Korban, and then we have this long Gullus. It's for the purpose of the Geula that comes from above and from below, both together. Integrated, grounded Geula. That's what it's all about. So, when we're talking about infinity, we're also speaking about what we do from the 15th of Av and on, and I guess we'll speak about it next week. That from the 15th of Av and on, we add in learning at night. We understand from that, what is this idea of adding and learning at night? Adding and tired at night. That's the moment we're standing at in history right now. We are in the middle of a night. Even the day is night. It's a crazy world. Started on Shavuos. It's been going on for centuries. But now it really came to a head. So we're walking around in darkness. And we can essentially say that half of the world is walking around in spiritual darkness. Right? It is weirder than ever, as we say every single day. So in that darkness, what does it say about the 15th above? 
It says, increase, in, bring Tyra into the night. Increase in learning Tyra at night. Our job now is to be those leaders who inject the truth of Tyra into the night that has blanketed the streets of the whole world with its darkness. So here's the practical part. Let's bring above this whole idea. Again, we were talking yesterday about infinity. Shabbos Nachmu, the Shabbos after Tishabav, is when Hashem comforts us, Nachmu Nachmu, He comforts us with an infinite comfort. He brings light from above. He enables us to work from below. We earn the light that comes from above. The two meet in the middle, and you have something grounded. Today, we need to be grounded intensely. So how do we take the infinity of Tishabav? Tishabav is a moment of infinity. The only thing is, it appears as a very dark moment. Tishabav ushers in everything that is negative in life, but, and it appears to be extremely negative. However, we always say that darkness somehow has a feel of being eternal and light does not. What does that mean? That when people are in a difficult situation, they often feel like, oh, I know it's always going to be this way. There is this strong feeling when things are not working right, God forbid, that it, it's never going to change. People are very hope, not very hopeful. Most people don't go around saying, oh, it's a very hard day. I'm sure it's going to be better tomorrow. Most people say, oh, it's never going to change. There's this feeling of ever after, forever and ever, ever, when it's a dark moment. And when it's a light moment, God forbid, and when it's a light moment, very few people say, oh, this is so wonderful. I know this is going to be forever. Even if you're, you know, you're sitting, sitting with a friend and you're sipping the most delicious coffee and drinking and eating the most delicious pastry, and you're just having a great time and a great conversation, a great company, most people don't feel, I just know that this moment is going to last forever. They don't. It's funny that they don't. And yet, when it's a dark moment, they feel like, this will never change. Why is that? How is darkness able to mimic eternity? And light is not able to mimic eternity. It's the strangest thing. And everybody can verify it. Just ask yourself. Most people walk around saying, when will the, the shoe drop? Meaning, it's good now, but mm-hmm. I have a good teacher in school this year. And next year, who knows? Yeah, they say the eighth grade teacher is the worst. There's never the feeling of, ah, seventh grade has an amazing teacher. So I know once it began to be beautiful and amazing, my life will always be beautiful and amazing from the moment it started. Only the Rebbe speaks that way. The Rebbe will say, since we started on something very, very beautiful and positive, so may it be like this forever. And everybody's, uh-huh, yeah, all right, let's face reality. Why do we feel that darkness is reality that lasts forever? It's, it's got to be that the light of Geula is embedded in the darkness. And that's why there's that feeling of forever and ever in that darkness, God forbid, because we, we are sensing the light of Geula, which is forever. So that's Tishabah. We sense this foreverness. It just feels like the fast will go on and on and on. 
and just you'll always feel like this, etc. So, um, and then it starts to come out on Shabbos Nachmu. Oh, there was light there. And then on the 15th of us, oh, there really was light there. Huh. That's so interesting. Now, as a technique, as a tool, what we would want to do is cut the string between the the darkness of Kishabav and then the 15th above when you see the light. Just cut the space between them and edit it out and bring the two together and boom. Shrink the whole thing and now you have the Gaula right in the second in the eye of the storm. It's there anyway, but you want to be able to feel it. So, um, since we find ourselves on the threshold of the Gaula now, this is the practical that we need to do. And we are now in, a, in moments of infinity. The Gaula is an infinite time. We're on the threshold of the Gaula. So if you're on the threshold of, standing on the threshold of this house, so I'm already in the house. So this is a house where everything is everything is pink. So I'm standing on the threshold of the pink energy. So I'm already noticing pink. If I'm standing on the threshold of Gaula, and it's an infinite energy, I'm already starting to taste, or I should be tasting, I can be tasting the bleakvul, the infinity. We want to taste the Shabbos food. Um, from the infinity of Geula, how do we want to taste it? We can taste it through Tyra. That means, again, we're still tasting dark, God forbid. We're seeing dark, and it's really light. We're tasting bitterness. We, look, we read the newspaper, and we taste bitterness. It's really very sweet. I don't know which newspaper you read. Where's the sweetness there? The jokes? No, not the stuff that ignores the news. The news itself looks bitter. It's really sweet. Because that's the dichotomy. We're standing at, we're standing right there in the moment of Gaula, at the threshold of Gaula. So there's infinity there. Infinity means, among other things, anything can be in a split second. It's an infinite moment. It's an ayin. An ayin is a moment of infinite possibility. Number one, it can turn around in a split second. And number two, just the energy of it is anything is possible in the good, in the positive. How do I tune into that? Use the very tool that is infinite itself. What's that? Tyra. That's an infinite energy. Take the flashlight of Tyra and, and hold it, superimpose it over anything and what you have is a view of infinity. That's what Rabbi Wolf does. He takes the newspaper, he reads it, he takes Tyra, and he superimposes Tyra over it, and he shines the light of Tyra over the newspaper, and patterns start to emerge. And those patterns are amazing. So... We want to add, we want to go more deeply into Tyra, and add in mitzvahs in a way of, of out beyond limitation, because that's the energy we want to grab, beyond limitation. And so how do we do it? By 
increasing. Remember, we're increasing in the darkness, in the moments of darkness, go into Tyra, including Niglaf Tyra, Penis Tyra, I mean, and Yaakov, Agada, many of the, these, these stories of Torah, many of the secrets, most of the secrets are actually concealed in those stories. And of course, learning Tzimis Atira, Tzimis, the deeper aspects of Tzimis, as the words of the Arizal, whose your site was yesterday. He said, he was told, in these generations, the last generations, Mitzvah Legalis was the Chachma. It's a Mitzvah to reveal this Chachma. That's what he was told. And that's what he said. And especially now that we have Chassidus. So, we want to, what do we want to, what do we want to do as a tool? In addition, we want to add in learning Tyra in the Indian of Geula. We want to search the Tyra and find all the Geula pieces, which the truth is there's no Geula piece, but there are certain parts of it that you can feel the Geula energy more powerfully. Including including halachas that have to do with geula, like hilchas base of bechira, the halachas of building the base of migdash, and and hilchas malachim, the, the laws of the Rambam about Mashiach and geula, and in Pinimisa because learning the Torah of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, because there's a special advantage in learning the parts of Pinimisa Taira that explain the Geula. And it's even better that ten people should sit together and do this. There's a certain energy when we sit in a group of ten and we're involved in dissecting, opening up the pathways in Tyra that are the pathways to truth and the pathways to life. As it says in Zvar Mishnah about learning Kirkayabas, learning Mishnah, um, go into it Go into it in a way that it will give us a, a comfort from above and from below. Okay, now, fasten your seat though. Here's an unbelievable piece from Turkey Avas. We're going to now find out the secret of three. We're going to find out if you would like to get to the point where you never do a sin, meaning you never mess up. Huh. Wow, you never mess up. This is what you need to do. There's a Mishnah that says, Histakel b'shleisha dvarim. It's in Perak Shlishi. Histakel b'shleisha dvarim. Look at three things. Veina tabali ze'avera. And you'll never do an avera. You'll never do a sin. Really? So first of all, this is telling me, would you like a method to never mess up in life? I sure would. Why? Well, to tell you the truth, I find that once I mess up in life, it drags me down and it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then I feel really bad, I mess up, and and then and then it down spirals from there. I never really find it to be an extremely positive experience messing up. Although, yes, you get to do shuva, but in this generation, we sort of don't have the patience for messing up and then fixing it up. If nobody's excited, oh, I would love to mess up and then do chuba. Nobody, nobody really finds it exciting. We all feel like, could I just do it right? How much time? I don't feel like doing, you know, I, I, I uploaded this map onto my phone. Oh boy, it took me four hours. I made a flyer two days ago. And somebody said, well, 
could you make the size of the sun bigger on the flyer? <laughs> it took me two hours to do this flyer. Gavalk, another two hours to do the flyer. No, 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 no. Let's just leave it as it is. So we don't feel like messing up. Nobody has the, nobody has the patience for fixing it once you mess it up. We want to do the flyer right to begin with. I have other things to do. We keep on moving, 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 moving. So here's a method. Kirkiava says, would you like to never mess up? Yeah. Good. Look at three things. Look at three things. Yeah. And then Kirkiava says what the three things are. Something like, know where you came from, know where you're going to, and know to whom you have to give them an accounting. But here, but here's, here's a really, here's a really interesting question. Can, can I not count? Thank God I can count. If it said, the Mishnah is like this. The Mishnah is extremely concise. Every word is measured. A Mishnah means, you know, the cold notes. The, in the U.S. they call the cliff notes. It's just bing, 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 bing. The short version of the whole thing. Not the expanded version, just the kisser, the summary. So the Mishnah is, why is there a Mishnah? Once upon a time, there was the whole, there still is, Everyone knew the entire oral Torah, father to son, father to son, father to son. But then it came to the point where Rabbi Yudhanasi was told, write it down. The generations have descended, write it down. Which was forbidden until then, and then it became a mitzvah. He was commanded to do it. Write it down. Now, you know what it would take to write down the whole oral Torah? No. So just write down short notes. It's like, if you get up in the morning and it says, OJ, Pens, um, olives. What does that mean? It's short notes. Nobody else knows what it means. It means when you go to the store, make sure you get orange juice. And then at the other store, make sure you get yourself some pens. And then also at the store with the orange juice, get the olives. That's what it means. So the mission is like that. Short notes a couple of words that will remind the scholar of, of a huge piece of oral Torah. So read it, those few words and say, oh, right, and he'll remember a whole thing. Like for us, we look at a title. What was the title of yesterday's class? Oh, right, it was that, and then the whole thing comes back to us. So that's the way the Mishnah works. The fewer words, the better. Very exact. Short notes. No word is superfluous. Here we have in this Mishnah a superfluous word. Three. What do you mean it's superfluous? Because it's not like there are a hundred. It's not like it says, look at a hundred things and you won't come to do an Adera, and then it lists a hundred. You're never going to know by reading through all of them how many there are. It's so many. But when it's three, you don't need to know, you don't need the word three to tell you there are three things. You're going to read them. Know where you come from, know where you went to, and know who you have to give an accounting to. That was three. I don't need the word three in the Mishnah. Extra word, breaking rules, breaking rules, breaking rules, breaking Mishnah rules, no good. Who put in that extra word? Don't need it. Could say, look at these things and you won't come to do an Aveira sin. And then list them. Word three is extra. Any normal person will see that it's three. 
So why is the word three there? And it's interesting. It's saying that three will keep you from messing up. Three will keep me from messing up. Yeah, the energy of three is what I need to keep me from messing up. So because it says, look at three, and you won't come to do an, an Avera. You won't come to do a sin. Histakel v'shleisha divine. So what does that mean? What's for three? All I have to do is spend the whole day. So, hi, how was your day? Oh, amazing. I didn't mess up the whole day. Wow. What did you do? Well, I had this big number three in front of my eyes, and I actually had Google glasses, and I put on my Google glasses, and these glasses have threes um, on them. So, they're glasses that I can see out, but, you know, I'm sure these things exist. Everybody has them except for me. I can see out through these sunglasses, but I also, on the screen, on the lens of the glass, is some, whatever I want to have superimposed over my vision of the world. So what did I choose? The number three. So, wow, I walked around a whole day, and I went shopping, and I saw three as superimposed on everything, every person that I looked at, and everything that I bought, and the traffic jam and the, the light and everything that I experienced, I saw three superimposed over it because I have these Google glasses. I said, oh, that's so nice. So, and how, and how is that for you? Say, oh, I didn't mess up at all. I had an amazing day. No Aveiras, nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting person. Could you explain how seeing the number three has changed your day? Oh, yeah, it's really simple. Three shows on the third day of Nisish. I mean, you have to know what three is. When I look at three, it reminds me of third day of Nisish and third Geula. It's a threefold Geula and the threefold day of Nisish. So what does that mean? Remember what we said. It one and two is three. It includes, it includes all the advantages of the first base of English. Incredible light coming from above. And all the advantages of the second base of English, I earned it. And put the two together. That's number three. So that is the number three. And of course, we keep saying every day, one is I have a free gift from Hashem. Two is it's challenged. And I feel like I'm slipping away from me and I don't value it. And three is, I take back that free gift. It's no longer a free gift. I've earned it through the opposition. It's now mine, not just a gift from above. It's now mine. It's grounded and solid because I actually faced the opposition to it. So, that's three. You have to know what three is to have a good day with those Google Glasses. So that's what happened to me. Whenever, well, we have a famous story. Lubavitcher Rebbe says, from before I was three, from even before I was three years old, three, I pictured, there we go, there are the Google glasses, except no Google, Google glasses there. I pictured in front of me, always, the vision of the third base of English. Well, there you go. The Google glasses. 
I have them right in front of me. And the three assume for a vote. This is what they're ever saying. They're ever saying, if you guys have Google Glasses with the three representing in your mind the background of the third base amygdala, I've been doing that since 1905. There's the template. So I would, you know, I had the original Google Glasses. And now everybody can have those glasses. And that is probably, this seems to be what the Rebbe has been telling us all these years. That's vision on the lenses of my eyes or my glasses that I look at the world through affected the way I lived my life and directed all my shlokim and all the yidden. This is, this is the way Maisha Rabbeinu does it. Maisha Rabbeinu wears those glasses with the three on them. And he runs, he, he teaches the Jewish people, and, and, and Mashiach will do that. He will run the world as Melech Mashiach with that three on his glasses that will be superimposed and even merged with everything that he sees in the world. So what does that mean? That means that we see endless problems from the minute we wake up. We see two. We see, oh, no. We see, you know, we have a lot of things to be thankful to Hashem for. That's number one. Gifts from Hashem. And number two is, oh, my goodness. But all the, oh, but, yeah, but, yeah, but all the problems. But this is a problem, and that's a problem, and this is in the way, and that's in the way. We have all of that stuff. We live number two in Gullah. All the things that block block the beauty of of life. We live in number two. The Rebbe says, oh, interesting. I live in number three. I don't live in number one, where it's just, oh, the endless beauty of Hashem. No, 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 no. That's not solid enough. That's too airy-fairy. It's too woo-woo. It's too, yeah, but you haven't tested it. I don't live in number one. People could say, it's very nice for a rabbi to come along and say all these words of Tyra. Life is very beautiful and we have to be grateful to Hashem. Very nice, but then maybe he never struggled. He did. That's a number. You can criticize somebody if they live in the world of number one. You know, uh-huh. You've never uh, had a test. You've never been tested. You know, two girls once stood at the window somewhere in Brooklyn and and one made a comment about certain people on the street, and the other one said, excuse me. The one from California said, excuse me. These are people you're talking about. And the other one was from Brooklyn and said, you've obviously never been mugged. So one was living in number one. Everybody's beautiful. And, it's, and the other one said, well, I live in number two. I was mugged, and I'll tell you the truth. Nice of you to say, but you wouldn't say that if you had been mugged. God forbid, God forbid. Those are those two numbers. Number three is the energy of been there, done that. Mm-hmm. 
Know all the struggle of the world. Experience it. Live it. And come to the truth of the beauty of life in a number three way, in a grounded way. The gifts from above and from below. I've been on the street. I'm street smart. Number two is I'm very street smart. Number one is Hashem is sending me beautiful gifts. Number two is I'm very street smart. I know the enemy. I know the enemy. And number three is, I know the enemy very well. And I live in a place of Geula that sees the light where everybody else sees darkness. On the street, being street smart, that's number three. Not the innocence of number one only. It's not the street smart cynicism of number two. It's the combination of both. That's number three. And the Mishnah says, get the Google glasses, put the number three, representing all of this, representing third base and maybe third Geula, grounded, having earned your Geula by knowing the, by, by struggling on the street. And that number three, when you put it on your Google glasses and you look at everything during your day through the lens of this number three, you start to see a different world. As we said, I think yesterday, the woman who came home was putting away her groceries, had a very beautiful home, very huge, massive home, a, a palace, a castle. And as she was putting away the groceries, a dozen eggs fell all over the floor. Every one of them cracked. Big mess on the floor. And she got upset. She was in a number one mood. You know, life is so good. Thank God. And then number two mood, all the eggs cracked on the floor. And she was upset. And she said, I needed this. I needed this. I needed this. And then she shifted and she said, I needed this. And then she said a few weeks later, her husband came home, and he said that he no longer had the job that he had that enabled them to support that massive house. And uh, they moved into a small house. And she said, the eggs situation, I needed this, I needed this, I needed this, enabled her to step into a, a, a mode of tranquility about the change in her, in her life. From a one, oh, life is good. Two, huh, I needed this. All this, these tarots. And number three, a grounded feeling of Shem is creating a perfect world. That you get by, by looking through the lens of three at everything. Not just the lens of three, but you have to then go through your day. When you run up with the garbage bag, I mean, you run up with the garbage bag and it's really bursting at the seams and there's a lot of, and you don't want that garbage bag in the house. And the garbage truck just pulled away and they won't be there for another three days. I'm picking ridiculous examples because I don't want to pick serious ones, God forbid. What am I going to do with the garbage now? I'll get a fine if I put it in the alleyway. I don't want it back in the house. I missed it by a second. Number three. I... Put on your Google Google glasses. I'm going to say, I needed this, I needed this, I needed this. 
put on your Google glasses with the number three. Oh, wow. From the point of view of the third day Samizish, I needed this. This is obviously a very beautiful circumstance. I wonder what it's going to morph into. This is the beginning of an incredible opportunity. So, and here, look at the, what Turkeyab is telling us to do. Histakil b'shleisha devarim. Look at three things. Histakil, daika. Daska histakil. Look. What does that mean, look? Look at three. Check your glasses. Look at three. Shemura al-ha'iyun v'hizbaninus v'amaka yisera. It shows on iyun, deep, deep concentration, deep exploration, and hizbaninus, and deep exploration with a tremendous, tremendous depth of this concept. It's not even a concept. Go into, look into three. Look into three. Put yourself deeply with his bunnanus in it in do the activity of his bunnanus and the activity of learning beyond very deeply and with depth. Learn what? Don't just hear about it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just skim it. Learn it. Learn what? The Indian Hagula Shlishi is based on the Shlishi. Learn deeply, explore, open up, leave no stone unturned. The union of third Geula and third base Amigdash. Open up the idea. You experience its flavors and its, and its aroma and all of its vicissitudes and, and where it can take you. Get to know it. Like going on a Shidduch, you know. Ask all the questions. Get to know fully. Who is this person you're sitting and talking with? Who, what is this three energy? Open it up fully. Explore it. How? Open up the idea of the three. Three. Look at three things. How should you open it up? With tremendous longing. Longing. Oh, my goodness. I want that. Emily, okay, oh my goodness, oh, wow. Well, is there any bakery still open? Oh, I need a cheese Danish. Oh my goodness. There's a bakery. I know it's 45 minutes away. I don't care. Let's go there. I need that cheese Danish. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they have the best cheese Danish. Ah, excuse me. The tremendous longing, the longing for the third base in English for the number three. That it should come at this Tehaka. I wait every single moment, every single day, and especially because we're standing at that moment of the threshold. So being able to look deeply into three and through three, through the energy of three, look at the entire world. So the two of them merge, three merges with the world. You see a different world. The people in the world of two, in the energy of two, they see a world full of problems. You're looking through the glasses of three. You see a world that is one opportunity for Geula after another. Nothing more, nothing less. You live in a different world. Wait, don't we both live in New York City? That's a horrible place to live, right? Very stressful. No, it's actually quite a peaceful place. How can you live? Wait, don't you... How is that possible? What do you mean? 
You live in a number two New York. I live in a number three New York. That's the difference. And one other thing we're going to say here. So what does it do when you look deeply into the third base of music? Remember, remember we wanted a system that will enable us to never mess up. How is looking at three going to enable me to never mess up? Remember that it's like when you're on the tightrope. And the only way you can stay on the tightrope and remain safe is to keep your eye on the goal in front of you. If you, di- if you divert your look for a second... Boom, off the tightrope. If you dis- become distracted for a second, boom, off the tightrope. Just to be laser beam focused in this. So when I have my eyes looking straight ahead and all I see is three, what does it do? It creates a wholeness in everything that I do in my life. All I'm seeing is three. All I'm seeing is three. I remember many years ago being at a convention in, in Toronto, and I was sitting with a very nice young woman, and she said, I don't know, everywhere I see pickles and pickles and pickles and pickles and pickles. And somebody said, are you expecting a baby? All you, all you, you know, pickles and pickles and pickles, you, you want to eat pickles? And she was all embarrassed. But she said, where would I go? I don't know. Every table, they're just serving pickles and pickles. Is that, what about the fish? Is it filled fish in the salad? So everywhere I go, all I see is three. That's the way it is. Well, but you have plastic on your glasses. That's what it creates, that wholeness. That everywhere I go, I see the wholeness of three. The wholeness of a way of serving God, a way of living of three which is the three areas of Tyra, Avaida and Gnilushatadam, learning Tyra, praying, governing, and doing acts of kindness. And how do we do them? Through the three garments, through how I think, how I speak, and how I do things. Everything, how I think, how I speak, how I do things, they become permeated with the good energy of three. Everything becomes holistic. Everything becomes lined up with the one goal that I see at the end of the line. Laser being focused. Everything is, is, in, is lined up with that. Well, guess what? Now look at your life. It ends up being a life where you're not messing up. When you're on the tightrope and you look at that end point, the number three, it's kind of do or die. <laughs> You can't afford to mess up. You have to stay laser beam focused. Looking at that three will keep you laser beam focused so that you're just doing nothing but all day but building the third base amygdash. That's all. I'm stepping into the third base amygdash. Who feels like doing a sin? Who feels like messing up? I'm so focused. I don't mess up because I'm exactly laser being focused on the goal. That's all I do. Hi, so what are you doing now? Hi, so it's 11.30. What are you doing? What are you doing at noon today? Same thing I'm doing now. What's that? Holding the third base in English. Oh, okay. That's what I'm doing. I keep my eye on the goal. So, and the way we can do it is not in a way of division, but in a way of infinity. Remember we've been talking about infinity? 
How in the world can I keep my eye on that goal of three? Oh, what do you mean? Add to that the energy of infinity, everything becomes possible. There's no limitation. You know what the limitation would be? Come on, how long can I stay on the tightrope and keep my eye on the goal? I have my limitations. I can't really focus for too long. True. But if I tune into an energy of infinity, which means in that energy, I no longer have limitations. Well, then, I can keep my eye on the goal forever, and I will, and I will never mess up. And it's an unbelievable point. So, so just to end off, the, the bracha is, Yehi Ratan, from looking deeply into the Indian of Geula, of the third base of Mezish, by having those glasses on and looking deeply, exploring every detail of what does that mean? What is that third base of Mezish? What will the reality be like? Picturing for ourselves, what will my life in any detail look like in, in third base of Mezish? What happens if I come home and I bring eggs and Will they crack all over the floor in third base and this time? I don't know. But if they were to, what would it be like? Or let's picture it. Maybe they can't crack all over the floor. Maybe in the time of the third base and this, it falls out of my bag, and then I think, no, 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 and it just flies right back up into my bag. Maybe, I don't know, haven't been there yet. We can really create any realities we want. We want to start picturing these very miraculous realities that probably will be in Yemaisa Mashiach and open them up and see, so what, how does that whole thing work? How, look at the differences between, it's, it's kind of like now, we say, so how is it that, you know, I, we're, we're each in different cities and we're each able to speak as if we're in the same room? A hundred years ago, that seemed completely impossible, and we would have had to try to imagine the miracle of imagine people in a different city speaking together at the same time. Now we live in the miracle. So this is just an example of imagine going back then and trying to picture, wow, there will come a time when we will, and we will think, ah, that's what we need to do now. That's the three, the third base and major. Picture the, the place where we're stuck where there are too many limitations, and picturing that totally opened up in the world, totally opened up in Gaula of, yeah, you know, I heard that, well, like we say, pulling things from the from the, the warehouse. So I go to the bagel shop, and I say, do you have seven grain bagel, bagels? And they say, no, 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 not this week. And I think to myself, no, 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 no. So let's pull it from next week into right here, right now. They will bake it next week. So let's, I'll just, I'll just pull it from the future into the present. And boom, you know, I say, no, 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 I need that kind of bagel. And they say, oh, right, we just, we just got actually a dozen, uh, for some reason they made the 12 grain bagels. So I pulled from the future into the present. Now this sounds crazy, but this is the way we're going to be doing it because you can't say that what we're doing now, sitting on the phone all together, or on our computer and listening to the replay, and that seems perfectly normal to us, something that sounded so insane a hundred years ago, so we realize that that's nothing. We Everything in the future is just, pick the wildest dream. It's going to be. 
And nature is going to assist you in that. Nature is the opponent. Nature says, oh, sure, no problem. Distance between people, sure, no problem. They can see each other, talk to each other at the same time. This is just a foretaste of, you name the miracle, it will be there. So when you're looking at life now, through the picture of three, you're looking at it as it will be in Messiah time. You go to the store and you say, I need soy milk. They say, we haven't had any for a month. It might take another month before we get the delivery. But you're looking at through the number three glasses. So in time of the base amygdash, as soon as you want it, it will be created. Because it's a good thing to want. It will be created and it will appear in your shopping cart right then and there. That's nothing miraculous for the future. When you're looking at number three, you're saying, well, right now they don't have soy milk. But in the third base amygdash, boom. I'll say, Hashem, please, I need soy milk. Okay, why do you need it? Too much liquor. Good, here you go. So that's a tiny example of how I would walk around the world and look at it through the way it's going to be in the future. So as if, if we want an example, as I say, all we need to do is look at anything in everyday life today and look at it, to imagine yourself back 100 years ago and saying, I need to communicate with my friend in another city. What will I have to go through to get it, to get to her? Weeks of traveling. Fast forward, imagine. Imagine if I didn't have to travel. Imagine if I had some kind of piece of plastic that I put it to my ear and I could see her and hear her at the moment. (laughs) You know, a dream. But she put on the number three glasses and she said, imagine if I would have that. And here we are. We're living in the Google... The dream of a hundred years ago with the Google glasses of a hundred years ago, we are living it. So why would it be difficult to now take it to the next level? Fast forward 10 years, 20 years, and look through the Google glasses. And then everything that we see as a limitation is no longer a limitation. So that's the invitation. More than an invitation, it's the demand of Hashem in this and from this we're Zaycha we will be Zaycha take a miyad to see immediately to see the Gula Shlishi the Beit HaMikdash Shlishi in actuality take a miyad mamish and especially Parshat Eskanon Shabbat Nachmu and um, we will find ourselves in the Beit HaMikdash with Simcha with tremendous Simcha and as it says at the end of the Sechus Tainus, it says, in the future, Hashem will make a circle for Tzadikim, and he will sit, sit among them, and everyone will point with his finger, as, as it says. Ba'amar, we will say, Ba'yamahu, we will say on that day, this is our God, Kibinu, this, this is what we were working towards, looking towards all through history. Yashienu, he will redeem us, he is redeeming us. Ze'ashem Kibinu, this is the God that we were having in mind. Nagila the Bishuasa. Let's rejoice in the salvation that God is sending to us. May we be find ourselves in the base of Mizushishlishi immediately now.